episode of Ballers, Beers, and Banter. Today is Monday, August the 10th, 2020. We thought we'd start throwing out the date for you guys, just because people are uh, finding us and looking back on old episodes and probably thinking, what the heck are these guys talking about? Because these things happened weeks ago. Well, we recorded it weeks ago. Um, so today is August the 10th. How you guys doing? Say hi, Anthony and Moose. What's up? Hello. <laughs> and I'm Dave, of course. Uh, gentlemen, today I'm drinking not a beer, but a nice cool glass of Pink Whitney on ice. You ever had a Pink Whitney? Uh, nope. I have never had a Pink it's, Whitney. Well, get on your horse and go get one from the store. Well, does it sound like Pink a beer Whitney's. to me? <laughs> it's, well, it's, as, it's as much a beer as a Bud Light Lime or a whatever, whatever we got in the past. No, it's not. It's Pink Lemonade Vodka. Uh, New Amsterdam vodka, and it's made by the Spit and Chicklets podcast guys, uh, former NHL guys, Paul Bissonnette and Ryan Whitney, who are also on Barstool Sports. It's nice. it's delicious, dangerously delicious. Goes great with a little bit of club soda. Don't have any, but it's still delicious. What do you got going on, you guys? I'm 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 still drinking beers over here, and I'm drinking a yeah. Molson Canadian. Oh, classic, classic, classic. And uh, it's not bad, Canadian. You guys can make fun of me for my. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Michelob Ultra, exceptionally light beer because of my training. So for me, it's a nice, easy drinking beer that you can even drink in the sun. I had one after I mowed the lawn today. I'm expecting you, Anthony, I'm expecting you to be in some sort of charity boxing match with how much you you reference your training. Why not? Let's get it going. Let's get get that. Isn't that what all the YouTubers are doing now, doing these boxing matches? Anyone wants to challenge Anthony to a... Uh, celebrity boxing match. Other fantasy football I do. podcast guys? No, not, not our own guys. We <laughs> not in the same weight class. Not fair. <laughs> Although if it goes past one round, my money's on Anthony. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Michelob Ultra. So I'm basically drinking more beer than you. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. So today's episode, guys, we're going to be talking about rookies. I did it all for the rookie, which happens to be the name of our dynasty league, and. We're going to give you our analysis on uh, on some of these big name rookies, and uh, we'll debate where we where we see fit. We're we're going to skip some rookies that we've already talked about in past episodes, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jalen Rager, and we're going to get into some uh, some other names for you guys. All right, Anthony, you ready to kick us off? Yeah, I'll kick us off. Um, Let's go. So my first, the first player that I chose is J.K. Dobbins. Um, mm. I'm particularly high on this guy, but. You, like you've heard me talk about him a little bit over the, the p- previous episodes, but I've kind of changed how I view him. So we all know that Baltimore is a high-powered offense. Um, they run the ball a lot. They, it's just their team is incredible. They got Ingram as the lead back, Lamar Jackson with his unscripted runs, and even his plan runs. Um, the situation though is not as good as you would all like to think for J.K. Dobbins. Um, Mark Ingram is still phenomenal. Uh, sorry, Mark Ingram, Roman numeral two. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah. Very confused which Mark Ingram you're referring uh, to. Yeah, I thought so. Um, just wanted to clear that up. Um, yeah, so Mark Ingram, <laughs> this guy, last year he had 15 touchdowns, five receiving He's 31. This guy has shown no signs of slowing down. But for me, J.K. Dobbins, he was the most talented back in the rookie draft, in my opinion. Um, And he couldn't have gone to a better team. But 
we've seen over the years with Baltimore drafting all since Ray Rice, all the running backs that they've got over time, it just hasn't seemed to work out. Um, it's working out with Mark Ingram. He's not going anywhere unless he gets hurt. But you still got Gus Edwards there and Justice Hill. There's talks going around that those guys True. won't be taking over the reins once Mark Ingram leaves or if he gets hurt, it's going to be J.K. Dobbins. But this is not. Do you agree the, with that? You do agree with that? Do do you agree with that? That J.K. will take over yes, if I Mark do. Ingram gets hurt. Or, yeah, you okay. you take you take a guy that high and a guy talented. And for those of you who don't know, um, J.K. Dobbins he's from Ohio State. Uh, he's 5'10", 212 pounds. He is the 32nd RB, uh, and he's 72.8 ADP on sleeper, which is round uh, round seven, eight. You know, if you round it off, it's round eight. So, uh, to me, right? Is that correct? I think it's round end of round six, beginning of round seven. Um, right. 12 team, 12 team, 12 league. Team league. Is in seventy two at the end of the <laughs> seventy two is at the end of the six no seventy two point yeah. yeah so round seven let's say round round six round seven um, but math fantasy and math. yeah so he he's not worth being on your team unless you, you draft Mark Ingram and you want to handcuff him he's a super talented back but this is not the year for him um, and that's where I'll leave it do you guys have any comments on that. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Uh, a lot of the same uh, things you said, one of the things I've been thinking about is that uh, in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson is their RB1, and everybody else is, you know, the, the committee or the, uh, you know, pass-catching back role. Um, That's a good way to put it. And uh, and one of the things that concerns me about J.K. Dobbins is uh, he's been known to have a weaker pass protection, and if someone needs pass protection... It's Lamar Jackson, yeah. Which is why this year, um, you know, I don't think he's he's someone you, you want to draft. And if you do, it's uh, it's in the far later rounds. Yeah, and we're talking redraft here, so like we're not going to get into all the different like in dynasty and stuff. Like he's worth it in dynasty, but redraft not worth it unless you want to handcuff him to Ingram. I'd take him late if he falls to you late. I would take him, but I agree. Yeah, you don't want him on your starting roster. Don't gamble with no. your team and take him as like a flex play. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Who's up next? Who we got? I am up next with a wide receiver, uh, Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, very fast wide receiver, got great burst speed, runs a 4.4340. Um, that's fast. That's very fast. He uh, He's good at uh, contested catches. Um, very talented at adjusting routes on the fly. Uh, he's a good blocker, and he's a very physical wide receiver. Uh, one of the reasons uh, I would keep my eye on Justin Jefferson is the one-two combination of, of Adam Thielen and what used to be Stefan Diggs. And I think that you know Justin Jefferson could fit really nicely into the uh, Stefan Diggs role that is now open. Some of the concerns to worry about in Minnesota is uh, Irv Smith Jr., their tight end, and, of course, Kyle Rudolph, um, who's always there. And their rookie from last year, Ola Beasley. I heard nobody picked Rudolph to play, though. Okay. None of the other none of the other players wanted Rudolph to play. Oh, well, until that one foggy <laughs> night. <laughs> until that one foggy Christmas night. All right. Stupid. Um, go ahead. 
you've thrown me off course now. So I was, I was going <laughs> to talk about uh, Ola Beezy Johnson. Uh, Beezy Johnson, if you will. It's his, what he's shortened his name to. He's a rookie, rookie wide receiver that uh, showed up at the end of last season um, and is still there to, to take targets away as well, along with uh, Adam Thielen, of course. Mm-hmm. One of the other big concerns about Minnesota is that they're a run-first team. So that's the biggest concern. Yeah. To me. So I, I, I think, I mean, this is a bit of a long shot here. I don't think Dalvin cook's going to uh, hold out. If he does, I think Justin Jefferson goes up a little bit. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't get carried away, but if I was looking to draft a rookie wide receiver, I'd be drafting him as probably around uh, my fourth wide receiver on my team. Mm-hmm. And if you think, like Minnesota didn't throw the ball that much last year. Like you said, they ran they ran mainly. But if you think they're going to return to throw, if they're going to increase their their pass attempts a little bit, then he's got to become very valuable because Thielen can't catch every ball. And you, you mentioned some other guys there, but I think Jefferson's more talented than them. So as a late late round target and redraft, I'd, I'd consider him. I'd take him, Anthony. Yeah, like uh, Moose said it perfectly. Like he like he's going to be. He, He's falling for like your fourth receiver now. Um, he has upside, definitely. I think he'll beat out his, like he'll finish higher than what his ADP predicts. So, yeah, take him, yeah. take him as your fourth wide receiver, Very and draftable. I think he he'll, he'll benefit you in the long run. Those LSU Tigers. It's almost like so he's an LSU guy, and they like Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Joe Burrow. They won the championship last year. It's was the team good because they had all these talented players. Or are all these players going highly in fantasy because the team was so good? Chicken or the egg, guys. Chicken or well, the It's egg. always a transition. All right. Especially for receivers. It's always a what? It's always a yes. difficult transition, especially yes. for wide receivers. Um, yes. We, we did see some good rookie wide receivers yeah, last year. Yeah, we did. Yeah. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry McCorn. Boom, boom, boom. All right. My first rookie, not Wookiee, although if he was a Wookiee, I'd take him first overall is Jonathan Taylor, running back, uh, drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. And, um, you know, I I think it won't be long before fantasy owners are swooning over this Jonathan Taylor, like teenagers used to swoon over Jonathan Taylor Thomas in the 90s. Boom. He's going to be a beast. Okay, so reason number one, the offensive line for the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts is amazing. I think they're going to be one of the best O-lines in the league. Pro Football Focus ranks them third heading into this season. They got Quinton Nelson uh, as a, a guard who specifically dominates in run blocking. He's an absolute monster. So there's, I think John Taylor is set up to do well there. Okay. Uh, he will share the backfield with Marlon Mack for sure. And then there's Naheem Hines there as a, in the third down role. So, yeah, it's going to be sh- a shared backfield to begin with. But, you know, as good as you might think Marlon Mack is, which is it's decent but not great, you can't stop talent from getting in there and, and getting their spot. We saw it with Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs last year. We've seen it in the past with other rookie running backs. Out of all positions, running backs are probably the easiest for rookies to break in. And I think JT is way too talented not to take on the lead role sooner than later. This guy in college had two consecutive 2,000-yard, that was, you heard me right, 2,000-yard rushing seasons. He would have had three. He was only 13 yards away in his rookie season. He would have been the only player in college history to have three consecutive 2,000-yard seasons. And he's an absolute beast, 226 pounds, Ran a four three nine forty, Saquon esque as Moose talked about in the previous podcast. Is he's got those quads that remind you of Saquon Barkley. So this guy's a beast. I would definitely take him. And he's he's not going that 
high in drafts. I think he's like a round five type guy in half point PPR. Very draftable. Very draftable. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Marlon Mack fan. Um, I do think. I think it was a similar situation to how like people were viewing uh, Damian Williams and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like everybody mm-hmm. thought Damian Williams would f- be phased out like within like four or five well, games or something like that, so. or at least I thought that. So I think the same thing with Marlon Mack. Like he's he's not a receiving back. Um, I think what they thought they were getting when they when they drafted him is not what they got. So now they went and they went and drafted Jonathan Taylor. I think, you know, Marlon Mack will start the season, get Jonathan Taylor some reps. Um I know with training camp being um, you know, iffy sure. now and or like yeah, yeah. you're trying to be careful because of COVID and everything, like they're yeah. gonna have Marlon Mack start, but he will be phased out. I'm you're hearing it here first. He will be phased out. Jonathan Taylor is the guy. Well, heard okay. Heard, heard it on our podcast first, but I think I just said it first. But fair enough. <laughs> well, I'm calling it. I'm calling it like hundred uh, percent. Okay, okay. You take the credit. Hundred, hundred, percent, hundred. I only wrote. I only wrote two notes because I knew it would be covered. I just wrote return of the Mac because I think Marlon Mac will start. But yes, he will be phased out, and I put Jonathan Taylor as your second or third running back. Easy. Boom. Yeah. Boomsies. All right. Rolling right along. Anthony, who we got next? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I was going to switch it up, but no. I'm going to stick with uh, my second guy, Jerry Judy from Alabama, 6'1, 193 pounds. He's the 44th wide receiver um, on Sleeper, and he's 112th in the ADP. Um,. He was he went in the first round in the rookie draft. He was the second receiver off the board. This guy, like J.K. Dobbins, is a ridiculous talent. Um, some might say even OBJ esque. Um, the guy's a freak of nature. Big comparison. But now, big comparison. For some reason, just with my previous fantasy teams, Denver is close to my heart. I had uh, Sutton on a few teams, and now I have Melvin Gordon in another league. Um, Drew Locke Oops. as QB. Demarius Thomas back in the day. Back in the day. Oh, yeah, but that was with uh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw what you were doing there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Drew Locke, he did go 5-1 and one when he started. Or 4-1, correction. 4-1. Um, or was it 5-1? No, I think it was 5-1. We'll check it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Um, but they were not a very good passing offense they were not very good Cortland Sutton saw most of his production from when Flacco was the QB he saw more targets because Drew Locke was comfortable with him but now there's just too many people to spread the ball around to they got Melvin Gordon uh Philip Lindsay at running back and Royce Freeman is also still there they got Noah Fant at tight end they got Cortland Sutton who's going into a second year and then um Jerry Judy there, and they also drafted KJ Hamler. Alberto. And Alberto. Yeah. That was the favorite target of Drew Locke so, in college. Drew Locke has a lot of growing to do. Um, I don't think he, he he's not like a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson. So I think he still has a lot to learn. And there's just so many players to spread the ball around to. 
despite the fact that Jerry Judy is a ridiculous talent, I think he will favor Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is a huge guy, 6'4", 216 pounds. Um, he's comfortable with him already, and he'll see most of the targets, and then I think the ball will be spread out through everyone else, and I think <laughs> Melvin Gordon being there hurts him because Melvin Gordon is a great receiving back as well, and Lindsey is a receiving back, so... To me, I say, again, he's at would best you, a bench so would you guy. Draft Judy? No, bench guy, not a starter. To me, there are other guys like Justin Jefferson. If you want to go for a rookie and take a shot, Justin Jefferson would be a better option than um, than Jared Judy? Judy because of the quarterback wow. situation. Okay. okay. Um, Drew Locke was four, four and one, by the way. Four and one. That's the one. Yeah. I just want to jump in here. I didn't really, you know, our whole show is about alliteration. And I just noticed that all of our rookies have been the letter J so far. And uh, I just wanted to add in three more J's on my analysis of Jerry, Judy, Jalapeno, because this guy is fire. He is the embodiment of speed. Oh my God. But that's the thing that comes in with speed. Usually you have to sacrifice size. And I think he's a little bit small, but I don't really care. I'm, I'm taking him uh, late round flyer, 100%, if he yeah. comes my way. Especially I, if he can I be would, an OBJ. He's, too, he's like Jonathan Taylor to me, too talented to pass up. I, I, would, I would. Yeah, but it's, it's just figure it out. Drew Locke. Like, um, uh, you just can't trust him yet. I get it. I get it. But like a talent like that, I don't think you need. Like he'll be efficient, I think, and he's a great route runner. So I think right the he'll talent be open enough that Drew Lock and the talent I believe is better than, yeah. in my opinion, than all the other rookie wide receivers that are out there. But I think, like like I just said before, like for example, Fair. Justin Jefferson or even C.D. Lamb, like their situations with their quarterback and their surroundings. Like I just feel like other receivers might have a better chance to succeed in their first year, where Jerry Judy might be next year, but. So if it's Drew Locke that's messing up, don't judge Judy. Don't judge Judy. Torrent is failing. Anyway, so I think I think we can all agree that uh, if you find yourself at the end of your draft, yeah, uh, and Jerry Judy is is sitting there in front of you, take him. Yeah, he's going. Yeah, I think he'll go earlier though. But yeah. All right, Musa Loop, you're up, buddy. Oh, I'm up with Brian Edwards, not a J. Oh yes, but that's okay. That's too bad. So Brian Ooh. Edwards, I've been watching him for a while. I'm a pretty big Brian Edwards fan. Uh, he's a big frame player. He can fight for uh, contested catches. Um, he's a wrecking ball after the catch, which uh, is always good. He'll break tackles like for you. Ball. But all good things always have question marks. And um, Oakland, which is now Las Vegas... Has a few question marks at the... The city's uh, not. The city didn't move. Just the, <laughs> just the team. Uh, at wide receiver, we have uh, Henry Ruggs, who's uh, the other rookie. Who? Uh, which which Henry Ruggs? Yeah, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Oh, my goodness. Uh, is it Roman numeral three? I think that would be the one you're referring to, because that's the one I'm familiar yeah. with. Good, good. Um, okay. I apologize. I didn't write down my Roman numerals in my notes. Um, <laughs> the, the other talents in Las Vegas are uh, tight end Darren Waller, uh, running back Josh Jacobs, and then the other wide receivers couple are couple J's in there. Yeah, couple J's Josh are uh, Tyrell Williams. And reports are saying that the odd man out now is, is Hunter Renfro, but it's still a situation to monitor. Um, and 
the other big thing to monitor, of course, is their quarterback. Uh, I don't trust Derek Carr to throw the ball downfield at all, which is where Brian Ed- Edwards will be playing outside long balls. And uh, I, I, Derek Carr being the, the quarterback who checks down second most only after Blake Bortles, um, you know, I'm not confident. He doesn't even play anymore. Exactly. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even confident that, uh, uh, you know, Derek Carr will get him the ball. But, you know, maybe this is the year that Derek Carr proves everybody wrong. And, uh, you know, with a team of, of solid wide receivers, he, he gets the job done. So that being said, I would only draft Brian Edwards end of your draft. He's like your fourth or fifth wide receiver, yeah. um, you know, unless something wild happens in the news. Fourth's uh, even too high. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I'm not, as it stands right now, I, wouldn't, I would not draft Brian Edwards. That's my, that's my take. Yeah, I wouldn't draft him either. I, Sorry, I We just don't know who they're going to throw the ball to. Like, if anyone, yeah. you know, according to Moose, because yeah. who knows what Derek Carr is going to do? Derek Carr is garbage. Derek Carr could just get sacked. I think all the season. offense, yeah. the offense in Vegas is going to run like through brother. Jacobs. He's going to be the focal point, and then all these other guys are going to be Josh Jacobs, and they're going to be looking for big plays from these other guys. Trying to keep up with the high flying offenses of Kansas City and now potentially Denver. All right, moving on. Yep. All right, we're going another wide receiver here. That's three in a row. We're going Michael Pittman Jr., in case you were thinking it was Michael Pittman Sr., his dad, who played running back in the NFL, Super Bowl champion. That's one thing I like about Michael Pittman Jr. He's got the bloodline. He's like in Game of Thrones, you know? He's got that uh, that bloodline to be successful. Um, Indianapolis Colts GM, Chris Ballard, and Coach Frank Reich really liked Michael Pittman Jr. So that's another thing that I like. When the coach and the GM really want you, they're probably going to play you. He was picked 34th overall in the draft, but he was Indianapolis's first pick in the draft because they didn't have a first rounder. So obviously they like him. And with rookies, especially wide receivers, you're looking for a pathway for them to become a starter, for them to be getting targets, for them to maybe even become a number one guy in the future. And I think there's a pathway there. First of all, the competition for targets is T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton is a very talented wide receiver, but he's turning 31 in the fall. And he doesn't miss a lot of games to injury, but he's always injured. He always has a nagging injury, and he's missing snaps. He's, he's leaving games. He's in and out of games. He's had uh, calf tears, hamstring pulls, foot sprains, bruised knees, concussions, on and on and on it goes. He's probably going to get injured. Okay, I don't wish anyone to get injured, but T.Y. will miss snaps. So then it's up for grabs who's going to be the number one target. So then it's Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, and Michael Pittman Jr. Okay, and out of the three of them, I like Pittman Jr. I think uh, Paris Campbell is super talented, and he didn't get a, a fair shot last year because he was injured. But I like Pittman Jr. to be the guy. So to me, he's got a pathway to being a number one target, and at least he's battling for the number two spot um, on the team. And you got Philip Rivers coming in, who's not great. Gunslinger, <laughs> he just slings not a great it down quarterback. Yeah, but 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 he has time. Now. Rivers, he'll have time. He'll have time with a great offensive line. And what what exactly, what does Philip Rivers like to do, Anthony? Sling it down the field. And who did he do that a lot to in L.A.? Or the Chargers or San Diego, wherever, was Mike Williams. And to me, Pittman Jr. is a little bit Mike Williams-esque. He's six four, 223 pounds. He's a big, big receiver. Not super fast, but he's the type of guy that's going to go up and get a ball, maybe a poorly thrown ball by Philip Rivers. So <laughs> I think that, um, <laughs> that he's got the possibility uh, to be really good. MPJ. I think you mean he's he's, very exciting. He's looking good to catch the ball if the other team doesn't catch it first. Correct. Because of the interceptions from Philip Rivers. I get it. Um, 
So I'm calling him MPJ. Start that trend. Hashtag MPJ. And in mock drafts, I'm taking this guy with one of my late picks almost every draft. Him and Jalen Rager, I'm taking one of them, if or not, or both of them with my last two picks in drafts because tons of upside there. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with all of this. Yeah. Um, I, I think Paris Campbell is the only other person. Threat. Yeah. yeah, other threat. But I, I just, I don't even think they'll be they'll be able to share it. I don't think it's like one takes away from the other. So I, I don't, I see it as a yep. huge opportunity for any of the wide receivers out step there. Step up, yeah, yeah, big time. Awesome. So do you want to cap it there and move on to our listener question? Yeah, I think we should cap it there. Oh, okay. but, but so let, let it be said. <laughs> let it be said that if you have questions about rookies, please email us at three b fantasypod at gmail.com. You can also go to the website and. Uh, there's a little form where you can leave a message as well, or uh, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Yeah. We got Excellent. all the analysis for you guys. There was a lot of other rookies we could talk about. Maybe if we get enough feedback, maybe we'll do a whole other rookie episode. So we received a question via our Instagram page, which is also 3B Fantasy Pod uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And the question was for sort of a stardom sit question in a 12-team PPR league. You have the following wide receivers, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Jarvis Landry, and Calvin Ridley. Start two, put one in the flex, bench one. And this question came from Joshua Chin. Thank you, Joshua, for your interest in the podcast. He's listening right now. So, Anthony, lead off. What's your order? Rank them in order. Who would you put for a second, third, fourth? Wide receiver one, Allen Robinson. Wide receiver two, DJ Moore. Flex, Jarvis Landry. Bench, Calvin Ridley. Okay. Say it one more time. So you went Robinson? Robinson as wide receiver one. DJ Moore as yep. wide receiver two. Jarvis Landry yeah. as the flex. And Calvin Ridley on my bench. Okay. Moose? Yeah. Uh, Anthony and I had spoken about it earlier today, and we were in agreement. Um with this format. So the exact same? Yeah. yeah, like it doesn't really matter if you have them in wide receiver one, two, or flex. They're the it three are starters. Know. So but maybe just just to know who yeah, you yeah. Would put above the other. And we're almost in agreement because I would go Robinson first. Uh I would go more second, but then I'm going uh Ridley Landry. Mm. So and reason why I really like Calvin Ridley to be uh big time this year. Main reason the Atlanta Falcons last year threw six hundred and 84 pass attempts. 684, guys. And they are the team with the the most, I believe, vacated targets with um, uh, Hooper gone and Mohamed Sanu gone. So, you know, I do expect Hayden Hurst to pick up a little bit of that, Todd Gurley to pick up a little bit of that, but even Devontae, Fre- Devontae Freeman was got 70 targets last year. So I think Gurley takes in that running back role, and I think there's plenty of targets up for grabs. And before really got hurt, he was on pace for over 1,000 yards last year. And I think all the attention goes to Julio Jones. The best corner goes to Julio Jones. And then it just frees up really to dominate. So I, I think he's got a lot of upside. Jar- Jarvis Landry is great. And Jarvis Landry is reliable and consistent. So you know exactly what you're going to get. But I think his his ceiling is lower. So I think he was like 11th in PPR last year or 12th in PPR last year, Jarvis Landry. Um, and I think that's his ceiling. Well, he finished. I think he was Ridley. 16th in full PPR um, Landry. 16th? Okay. Um, 12th. I thought I DJ thought was Moore 12, was 12th. Are you guys looking at half PPR or full PPR? Uh, DJ Moore was 16th. 
Okay. So maybe you mix them up. But regardless, I think that's, oh, to me, yep. I think OBJ is going to return to form. And he's going to be the number one guy in, in Cleveland on an offense that's going to run the ball first. And you got you got to feed Chubb and Hunt. And then OBJ. You got Hooper there now. You got Najoku. So I, I think Landry's ceiling is around that wide receiver 12 spot, whereas Calvin Ridley could break out uh, into a top 10. But this is what I think you got to look at when, when you're setting your lineup. So for me, one thing I always look at, um, especially if I'm just looking at wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and just forgetting the flex because if I'm not sure if I want to use a running back or wide receiver, but I always want one guy that is consistent, that you know what you're going to get, and you want one guy that it could be that, you know, he's going to run twice down the field, catch like a long pass and a touchdown. You know, you need that breakout player. So I feel that Landry, you put him in the flex because you know what you're going to get. DJ Moore is another DJ Moore and Allen Robinson are both very consistent to me. I would say as consistent as Jarvis Landry, but with the potential to have like breakout plays and Allen Robinson and DJ Moore are the go-to guys. We've seen Allen Robinson be able to finish eighth with Mitch Trubisky. With Mitchell Trubisky. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But he's done it. So exactly. So he's going to be good. Yeah. He's going to be good. That's why he's got to start. I just feel like if you throw Calvin Ridley in there, and let's say for some reason, because of the Mitch Trubisky situation, maybe Bridgewater isn't gelling well with DJ Moore, like Ridley, you could have the game where it's just Julio Jones gets everything and Ridley doesn't. Like I, I totally understand that Ridley is a special talent, so but to me, I more of a boom bust, more of a boom, bust more of a boom bust. Exactly. I okay. feel like the fair. three guys give you the full balance. And you can't go wrong with that. Jarvis Landry yeah. will pick up the slack for one of the other two if they don't kill it. I think just to wrap this up real quick, it's important to say that all four of these receivers uh, are talented and, and they will get you the points. And we're looking at this from a position of sort of set it and forget it. So, you know, we could sit here all night and I'm sure yeah. we could come up with many combinations that would be uh, successful. Feasible, yeah. Um, but... Uh, you know, those are those are our, uh, you know, how we've uh, analyzed it for today. But of course, yeah. things could could change uh, change week to week. But if you're gonna Big set time. it and forget and if it, if they do, keep giving us keep giving us your feedback. But, we'll help you. But out. Moose, yeah. was there a different reason you wanted to put Ridley on the bench, or was? Uh, for me, it's a target share thing. But mm. like I said, if we get into the nitty gritty, Allen Robinson and DJ Moore both have quarterback questions. Yeah. Sure, Teddy Bridgewater is a veteran quarterback. He was a starter. Then he was a backup. He's coming to be a starter again. But, you know, who knows how but, he'll... But both Robinson and Moore were highly successful last year with questionable quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know, True. of course. But I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm giving the picture of what this season oh, yeah. is. Oh, yeah. And uh, Alan Robinson, you got, uh, you know, Nick Foles and, and Mr. Biscay. Sorry, guys. Uh, we've been talking about Alan Robinson this whole time, but... Um, which Alan? Uh, there must have been confusion because uh, he's Alan yeah. Robinson, Roman numeral two. Uh, Roman numeral two. Uh, I got to apologize to the fans. Yeah, I got to apologize yeah. on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you know, you know, guys, well, I just realized that. Uh, well, if we're wrapping this up, I'm going to sign off. Uh, well, actually, I, I guess I can't really. I was going to say, I'm not really Moose Roman numeral two. Uh, no, Roman numeral three. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, you're Moose Roman numeral three. Well, 
Not really. Your, you mean your real name? Yeah, exactly. Are we even going to reveal your real name? I don't think so. It was revealed think, once, think, and it's not necessary no, ever again. Even, even the name that's on the website is not your official real name. And you know what? I think it's one of those uh, home improvement, the neighbor next door things. You might never know his real name. No, it's Sorry, more guys. It's more like the... Uh, what's his name? The, the Stig from uh, Top Gear. He's the guy who drives the the test car, and you never you never see his face under you the You never helmet. see him? Okay. There you go. That's it's gonna we're gonna keep that mystery. I went with the home improvement reference because we referenced Jonathan Taylor Thomas earlier. Oh, very trying true. to keep it, you know, <laughs> trying to keep it all bring it full circle. But anyways, any parting words of wisdom for our listeners, guys? Or shout outs? Um I think just I want to shout out I was gonna shout out Joshua. Boom. Thanks yeah. for the question, pal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really appreciate it. And like bottom line, we looked at his team. We think he's probably gonna win. Yeah. Right? Like well, he's got a good team. Maybe I got a question for Joshua. Listener League? Question mark? Ooh. <laughs> but you won't if be fooling us with league. your trade sure. offers. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another interest in Listener League came from a uh, um, buddy of mine, Riley. Riley's been listening. He's been a listener from day one. Thanks for the support, Riley. And, um, oh, yeah, he's ready for Listener League. So it's building. Ooh. The interest is building. Wee. All right, get out there, share it with your friends, uh, tell them about the podcast. We're having a great time putting it on for you guys, so hopefully you guys are having a great time uh, listening to it. That's it for us. We'll see you next time. Ciao.